Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Prepare your hand for an air five. And three, two, one. Yes. Yes. You see, I try to get around and like say hi to everybody during the connection time, but if you missed a high five for me, you just got one, okay? So, guys, I'm so glad you are here. I, I love seeing your faces. I really do. I, do, I was going to say, do you like your faces being seen, but it's an odd question. <laughs> oh, man. How are we doing today? We got to shake off the, uh, what day is it? October. It is Wednesday, yes. It's 2319? Guys, we have a 2319! What? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Monsters, Inc. We have a 2319. That is amazing. Yes, Jonah. It's also mole day. I had a rumor that some unionites made moles in their class. Did anybody else make moles? If you're in chemistry, you know what a mole is. Upperclassmen, do you know what a mole is? Yes? All right. It's a measurement of unit, unit of measurement. <laughs> I didn't really pass chemistry. I did pass with a C. That's as far as I got. Maybe a B minus. Anyway, that's not the point. Guys, welcome. Tonight we are going to uh, continue our series in Life and the Verbs. Um, but I know, I know that it's early to be jingling the jingle bells. I know that it's too early. And, you know, like Halloween is next week, right? So, yes, like Matt said, show up early in your costume, throw candy at, ch- I mean, hand out candy to children. Um, and then... We have a costume contest. We will crown the 2019 costume winner, all right? You got to dress up, though. You got to dress up. Um, uh, That's next week. And I know it's too early, but all this talk about, like, wreath selling and, like, Christmas coming, it it got me thinking about some of my childhood Christmas memories. Yes. Childhood Christmas memories. Um, and specifically, every year, my family would take a Christmas road trip. So for those of you who don't know, um, my, like, basically all my extended family lives in Arizona. So they live in, like, Phoenix. Um, and I was actually born in Colorado. Anybody around here know where Colorado is? <laughs> I used to know, like, U.S. geography, and then I moved to the West Coast, and now I only know about Washington, California, sometimes Oregon. Um, anyway, so... Uh, Every year, we would take a road trip um, to my family in Phoenix. Like, Phoenix is super nice in the winter because it's actually, like, you won't die if you step outside. Um, So it's really great for Christmas. And so we would take a road trip every year. We'd hop in the car. um, We'd, you know, go back and forth between Thanksgiving or Christmas. And when we road tripped from Colorado, like, that was nice. It's not far Um, They're, like, connected. You know that one place in between those states where you can stand in four states? Has anybody ever been there? You can, like, stand in, like, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, and Nevada? Utah. 
geography. Um, right, so you can, uh, so the road trip from Colorado to Arizona was nice. And I don't know if it was before the time of like seatbelt laws or if we just ignored seatbelt laws. I'm not that young, but this is what I remember. In Colorado, we had a, like this minivan and we would just put a mattress in the back of the minivan. And like once we got on the highway, it's just like we just unbuckle and go sit in the back. You're like, <gasps> it's a different time, kids. It was a different time, right? And so we would like have board games and snacks and I would have my fuzzy blanket. I love fuzzy blankets, even since I was a wee lass. Um, and we would just take a nap back there. It was a good, good traveling experience. Um, and then when I was seven years old, one of the greatest heartbreaks of my life happened and that was I moved. Did anybody move at a young age? I love where I live now, but when you're like seven, it's like my world is ending, right? So we moved here when I was like seven or eight, and the road trip got worse. It is, in case anybody wants to know, it is a 24-hour drive from Vancouver. Yes, that is a whole day from Vancouver to Phoenix. So we would do it in like 12-hour chunks. Like we would take, you know, 12 hours to get to the middle of California and then 12 hours to get the rest of the way of Arizona. And have you ever been in a car that long? Wow, you understand. Okay. If you've ever driven through California, you know like how lame it is. Like you get to this stretch in California and it's just farmland for miles. There's nothing happening. There was the reason why you all, can I just, you need to know this. The reason why every camp, you all have a bathroom break on the way to camp, even though it's two hours, is because of this childhood trauma of getting stuck in the middle of California and not, having, not being able to pee because there was no rest stop anywhere. It was very painful. So I'm very aware of like traveling road trip woes. Anyway, just so you know, you can thank me later. Um, so we had road trip to California, and one year my parents had this brilliant idea of let's save gas mileage or gas... Yeah, in general, gas mileage, right? So we took my father's four-door, five-seat sedan. You're not totally shocked yet because I didn't tell you that there's only five people in my family, okay? So I'm the youngest, right? So I'm the baby girl. I'm the best. They stopped at perfection. Youngest child problems. The oldest children are like, I hate the babies. <laughs> um, so we would, uh, we crammed into this car. And so being the youngest, the smallest of two brothers, guess where my seat was in the car? You know it. You know it. I was in the middle. And you know why the middle sucks, right? It's the bump, right? And then like, I was still small. I was small because I was a child, but like, this was a small car, you know? And like your knees are like in your face the whole time and you're just like sitting in the car <laughs> for 12 hours, right? And I have two big brothers on either side of me. Oh man, that was a road trip that changed my life. I'm still like, I'm getting like claustrophobic anxiety telling the story. Um, man, I tell you what, I had to learn a lot on that road trip because I was, I was the younger sister. I was like, stop touching me. Your elbow is on my side. Stop touching me, right? That was me every single time. And I had to learn like, we're in this car for 12 hours together. His elbow is gonna touch you. You're gonna have to get over it, 
right? And my brothers had to like shake off this like tough guy, like I don't, I don't wanna like snuggle at all because I'm like, I'm gonna fall asleep and it's either gonna be your shoulder or your shoulder, so someone's gotta give me your shoulder, <laughs> right? Uh, we had to learn how to, you know, I, I definitely like was the little girl that was just like all the time, like I just talked all the time. Um, so my brothers had to learn how to uh, tune me out and I had to learn how to tune out their, wait for it, CD players. What? 15 second skip protection. Anybody? You're like, I don't even know what a CD is. It's like a portable CD player. Yes, they exist. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, and you know, on the road, snack time, I had to learn to share my valued treasure, which was the sour warheads. You don't even know what a warhead is, do you? That was also before your time. It was the candy that if you ate more than you should, it will literally burn the taste buds off of your tongue, like raw. And they had to learn to share their corn nuts because that is the road trip snack, right? You're like, these are all way over my head. But road trips for 12 hours, when you are on a long journey with someone, you have a lot of time to spend together, right? You got a lot to learn. And in this like family road trip we took, like we, we did it together. It was a long road, I'm sure. All I could think of was my perspective, but I'm sure my parents were in the front seat like pulling their hair out, you know, um, because of us. But we did it together, we did it as a family, and that is a memory that we have together. And when we are, you know, in my family road trip, I didn't get to choose who was in my car with us. Maybe you've experienced that. You're like, why was I given this family? <laughs> but on the road of life, right, we are doing this long journey together. And though, you know, I didn't have a say on uh, the people who were in my family road trip car, I did have a say on how I interacted on my impact with my family in my car, how I treated my brothers, how I spoke, and all these things. Um, but when you're, when you're going on long journeys, like who is in your car and how you interact with them matters. If you're gonna spend 12 hours packed in like sardines, you've got to learn how to interact in tight, intense situations. You gotta learn how to have grace, how to have patience, um, and, and how much more like, on the journey of life. I mean, it's a cliche saying, right? You know, you see like it in Pinterest or like Instagram, you know? Like, the life is a journey, but it's kind of true. And guys, we're on this journey together. Welcome to the biggest car you've ever been in. You're like, this room is moving? It's not, actually it is. Physics. Um, <laughs> we're on this long journey together. And, and really that phrase, that cliche phrase was, was really grab from the Bible. The Bible talks about ways and what way are you walking on? What path are you taking? He talks about the way of the righteous and what does that look like? Like who's on the way of the righteous? What does it look like to be on the way of the righteous? What do people do on the way of the righteous? And then there's the way of the wicked. And what, looks, what does the way of the wicked look like? What, what do people do on that? And Proverbs is asking us that question as we've been going through um, Oh, I lost my clicker. Um, as we've been going through the, our Life in the Verb series, found it. Um, we've been looking at these, what, what kind of people do we find on this path? Right, Wh who are we interacting with on, these, on this path? And we've heard from the loudmouth, we've heard from the sluggard, we've heard from, who else, the fool. Um, we've heard from the lady wisdom. And here today, 
we're going to talk about the good friend. This person who's on the way with us, the person that's on this journey with us. And what does it look like? Proverbs like, gives us real practical wisdom. I'm really excited about um, tonight's Proverbs because it's like super practical. Like Just look around. You're surrounded by human beings. You're not looking. There are humans to your left. There are humans to your right. What? <laughs> we have friends all around us. And so tonight, Proverbs is going to give us wisdom on how do we interact with these people on our journey. Several weeks ago, I asked you to like look down at your feet and then like see whose other feet is next to you. Right, we're walking together. And so if we're going to take this journey together, let's do it well. So tonight, as we look at the profile of the good friend, we are ultimately going to see that we need to walk well with those who walk with wisdom. We need to walk well with those who walk with wisdom. I dare you to say that five times fast. We need to walk well with those who walk with wisdom. Walk well with those who walk with wisdom. (laughs) This has been a fun tongue twister for me this week. But we need to walk well with those who walk with wisdom. How, who do we walk this life with and how do we walk it? Let's find out. Um, First of all, some of you may be asking like, dude, why walk with anybody at all? Like, why, like, do I need people in my life? I don't really need, you know, maybe you're not convinced that you need friends. Maybe you're not convinced that you need community. Or maybe you're like, dude, I'm fine on my own. Like, I can make it. I don't need people in my life. And so the first thing I want, I want to talk, to, I'm going to talk to like three groups of people tonight. I'm going to talk to you that are like, dude, I don't really, like, I'm okay. Like, I really don't need friends. Like, I'm fine. I'm going to talk to some of you who are like friend collectors. Like, you wear them like badges. You have so many friends. And then I'm going to talk to those of us that are like, man, I want to be a good friend, and I want to know what it's like to have a good friend. And so first, for those of you who are like, dude, why people at all? Why get entangled with people? Um, We're going to find out why. So know why you walk with others. We need to know why we walk with others. Uh, So this verse we're going to read here, it has been like, I'm going to tell my story in a little bit of what college Courtney was like. If you met college Courtney, um, you would not recognize her, I think. Um, some of you knew college Courtney. But, um, and I'll, I'll tell the story about how this verse really like, was like a bow and arrow, an arrow to my heart <laughs> in that time. Um, but let me read it for us. Proverbs 18.1. He says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. There's this reality that Proverbs is trying to share with us that to be the lone ranger, to be the person who walks this road by themselves without any other people is both a selfish and a dangerous act. It's a selfish and a dangerous choice. I mean, we look at this. He says, this whoever isolates himself, this is more than just like, I'm an introvert and I don't like to talk to people. It's more than just like, I'm fine with my video games, right? This is someone who is like willfully removing themselves 
from other people. They're like, I don't want to deal with people. Um, I, I don't want to get entangled with other people. And, and look, he says it, it, he's doing this for his own desire. It's like for self-preservation, for protection. Like, I'm just going to isolate myself from people. And what's interesting about this word uh, desire is it's the same word. The very first time this word is used in the Bible is when Eve looks at the fruit she's not supposed to have and she desires it. You see, God gave him this huge, big, Adam and Eve, they gave him this huge, big garden. He said, you can eat from anything. Eat the pomegranates, eat the mangoes, like eat the avocados, like eat all the things, um, except for this one tree, don't eat of it. And Adam and Eve looked at that and they said, what if that's not good enough? I'm gonna seek my own desire. And they took and they broke relationship with God. They broke relationship with one another. It says there was shame that entered that relationship. And really like, This is the same kind of picture we get here. Only it's, I don't believe that the life that God set up for me is good enough. Like the relationships he's given me will actually fulfill me. Like I think people like are actually gonna harm me or hurt me. And so like I'm for my own desire, like I'm just gonna isolate. And when that happens, you're breaking out against all sound judgment. It's like looking at something that's right and like, saying, no way, like there's no way that's good. It's arguing, it's, it's rejecting sound and good wisdom. So whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire and breaks out against sound judgment. We need to know why we walk with others. It's because we were never meant to do this alone. We were never meant to do this alone. Back in uh, college, um, I went through a series of intentional friendlessness. Very intentional friendlessness. I don't know if anybody else has woken up and been like, I refuse to make any friends today. Um, but I had learned, I had this, some experiences in my life as a young kid where I had learned that just because you love somebody, they can hurt you. Like, just because you love somebody and they make a stupid decision, that hurts you. Or because you love somebody and maybe something happens to them, and that hurts. Or maybe you love somebody and they don't love you back. Or maybe you love somebody and they disappoint you, or they let you down, or they intentionally hurt you. And I remember this super clearly. Somewhere in middle school, I said, if loving people is going to hurt me, then I will not love anyone. In middle school. Who was I? I don't know. But in high school, I, I kind of pushed against that. I made lots of friends. Like, I have a friend today who's been friends with me since uh, middle school. And she's like, dude, you were extroverted in high school. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I'm not now. But in high school, I had a lot of friends. But then I got to college, and I thought, forget this. I got to the point where I'm like, I don't need relationships at all. Like, I don't need people at all. And so college for me was like, get in, learn the material, uh, pass the test, get the grade, and graduate with highest honors. I would intentionally go to my teachers who, like, forced you to do group projects, and I said, no, I'm going to do this project alone. And they were like, are you sure it's going to be hard that way? I was like, I know, but I can do it. I'm going to do it alone. And I did every group project alone. I did not smile at people. I did not greet people. I was sitting next to people in class. I didn't even say hello. Like, this is the kind of person I was in college because I didn't care. I didn't need people. I was gonna take care of me, and I didn't need to entangle my life with other people. 
So I did. I passed all of my group projects better than any other group. Um, I graduated with highest honors out of my graduating class. I walked that diploma I walked across the stage with that diploma and a lot of extra awards, and yet at the end of my senior year of college, I ended up uh, going to a counselor because I said, I've achieved everything I ever thought I wanted, and I still feel super empty, and I think it's because I don't know how to have relationships with people. I got to a point where I had so, like, like the Grinch, literally, when I watched the Grinch, I just cried because I was the Grinch. I had chosen to shrink my heart out of disregard and bitterness and like dislike for other people. I had shrunk my heart, um, and I had come to a place that I was like the most achieved I had been in my life, but I was also the saddest I've ever been in my life. And this is my story. I isolated myself from my own desire because I said, I don't need to get entangled with messy people and I broke out against all sound judgment, and it did not go well. It did not go well for me. It took years of leaning into community, years of recultivating friendships, years of opening up my heart to come out of that place. Um, and so if you, maybe you're not as extreme as me in this. Maybe, uh, Maybe for you, it's like, I'm surrounded by people. I have friends, but you just don't go that little extra step to be vulnerable. You don't go that little extra step to open up your lives to people, or you're, you know, just, uh, like, I'll only go this far with people. Are you an isolator? Are you isolating for your own desire? How is that working for you? What would it take to invite somebody into your life. Much like the Grinch and like myself, I encourage you to open your heart. I had to pray that God would make the heart that I had shrunk bigger. And so my question out of this first section of knowing why that we walk with others is how can you cultivate community? What does it look like for you to cultivate community? Who is the person Maybe you are like me and you have sat next to someone in class for like the 180 days that you have school and you don't even know their name. You've never said hi to them. What does it look like to cultivate community? Who can you take with you on the journey of life? Who can you take with you on the journey of life? So we need to know why we walk with others. But if we're saying like, okay, who can we take on this journey with us? Like the who is really important. Because if you're going to get stuck in a car for 12 hours with someone, it better be someone you like. Right? How many of you know like the people that you're like, yep, that is a I can only spend one hour with you person. (laughs) Yes. But then you know the people that you're like, dude, I could spend days and days and days with this person and we are super chill. Right, we're super good. Uh, So knowing the who um, is very important. So we need to know why that we walk with others and we need to choose wisely who we walk with. Proverbs has a lot to say about the types of people that we spend our time to. So just as I spoke to those of you in this room who are not convinced that you need friendship, um, I want to speak to those of you who um, are like friendship collectors. Like you're surrounded by people um, but maybe there's no intention about who, like there's no intentionality about who enters your life and like who exits your life. It's just people are come and go. It doesn't make a big difference. Um, and Proverbs calls us to choose wisely, like who we're friends with. 
I need us like, don't even think about the fact that like, I need to think about who I should be friends with. Um, but Proverbs has a lot to say about that. Uh, first one we're looking at right now is Proverbs 13, 20. He says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffer harm. Pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Uh, if you hang out with wise people, you'll be. If you hang out with foolish people, you'll be. Uh, I heard it uh, said as a stat once that you become like the five people you hang out with the most. Um, and like, we don't really need stats to know the truth of that. Um, a few of us earlier were trying to think through like, um, you, you know those phrases that you say just because you've been hanging out with someone who says that phrase? What are some examples of those phrases? What are things that you didn't say until you started hanging out with somebody and now you say it all the time? What? He says yeet? So now you say yeet. Yes. Um, I say dude, and that's actually not native to me. I don't know where that came from, though. What else? Lit? It is overused. It's true. Jackson? What? Epic? Epic, right? There was a whole season where I just said yes all the time. Um, I don't know where that came from. Gabrielle? What? Jis? That sounds like a, a thing over there. Yes. Um, I recently um, gained a new roommate <laughs> who pronounces, I won't call her out except for you know her, um, who pronounces dragon dragon. And now I've been calling dragons dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. I've been saying dragons. Um, yes. You begin to talk like and be like the people that you're around the most. I had a friend remind me that, like, I, sometimes if I say goodbye to you, I say, have a nice life. Anybody heard that? Have a nice life, even though I know I'm going to, like, see you in, like, four days. Um, that wasn't originated for me. There was a time where, like, my friend and all of us who were hanging on the office would just say that to each other, and that's just, like, stuck inside of me, right? So we become, like, even just in our words and the way we talk and the type of language that we use, we begin to become, like, the people that we're hanging around the most. And so I have an experiment, I guess, for us. Um, on your paper, I want you to just like write out five things that like you want to be. What kind of person do you want to be? What are some traits? What are some habits? What kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a kind person, an affirming person? Do you want to be a smart person? What kind of person do you want to be? Five things. And then make a second list next to that. You're like, you should have told me this beforehand. I know. I understand. I'm a note taker. Uh, five traits that you want to be like, and five of the people that you hang out with the most. Who are the five people that you hang out with the most? <clears throat> Five things you want to be like, the five people you hang out with the most. It's like constant high fives. (laughs) 
And then later tonight, maybe in our music session, maybe as you're cozed up with your, I just abbreviated that word, cozied up with your fuzzy blanket and your head on your pillow, think about these things. Do those five things match up? The five things that you want to be and the five people that you hang out with the most, do they match up? What kind of person do you want to be and what kinds of people are your friends? What do they do? What kinds of jokes do they make? What kinds of things do they watch or listen to or allow happen? There comes a moment where you have to take an honest moment and look around at the people you hang out with and be like, do I want to be like these people? Do I want to be like these people? And Proverbs says, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. But if you walk with fools, you will become like fools. And so what does Proverbs tell us to do? If you look around and you say, if you look around to your friends and you're asking, do I want to be like these people? And the answer is no. Here's what Proverbs tells us to do. He says, leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. Make no friendship with a man given to anger. As a person who is easily angered, I have a hard time with that one. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself with a snare. Proverbs says, who you hang out with is important. Do you want to be wise? Do you want to walk the way of righteousness? Walk with wise people. Do you want to be a fool? Stick with your fools. And so what are some practical things that we can take away from this? We can leave the fool, but how? So, A couple, a couple of practical tips here. Think of your time like money. Think of your time like money. And who are you giving your money away to? Like if you were to like budget your lifetime, <laughs> you're like, I don't make a budget. Um, if you were to like allot out where you give your money, your time to, like who gets that time? Who gets that time? Who are you spending the most time with? It's okay to spend time with people um, of, all, of all different kinds of people. But the people that get the most of your time, are they people that have the same morals as you? Are they people that have the same values as you? Are they people who are encouraging you to keep going? Are they people that challenge you? Are they people that help you? Who are you giving your time away to? Be intentional about where you put your time and seek out wise people. Take that list of the five things that you want to be. And then look at your list and say, who is like this? Or maybe who are people who are also trying to be like this? And find those people. Seek them out. Spend time with them. Like, I honestly learned how to pray because I hung out with somebody who prayed all the time. <laughs> like, we'd be driving and be like, thank you, Lord, for this parking spot. And I'm like... You can pray for that? Like, I learned how to pray because I spent time with that person. Give your time away intentionally and seek out wise people. Some of you, like, need to stop giving time to certain people. Some of you need to take a step back. You're looking around, you're like, I am surrounded by fools. I must be one. <laughs> Whether by becoming one or becoming by association, right? Like, 
if they a lot of like you're seen with a group of fools, they're just gonna assume that you're a fool too. Right? So some of you need to take a step back from certain friends, but I have a, I have a quick caution here. The caution in choosing where you give your friend time to. The first one is, is we're not, I'm not talking about creating a safe bubble where only you and your friends exist. I'm not talking about making clicks. I'm not talking about making pockets of friends. Like uh, you see it at school, the circle pods of people that don't hang out with anybody else. Um, you will not see this at Citizens. I will blow up any friendship circle because student leaders know that we don't make circles, we make horseshoes because there's always room for somebody else. What? Yes, now you know it too. We, this is not about creating bubbles, it's not about surrounding yourself with only the people that you like, it's not about never talking to anybody else. We wanna be a community of people who are friendly, where people are welcome, where people are coming in. We will give our time away to people who are different than us, who don't believe the same things as us. But what I am talking about is the difference between influencers and influencing. The five people who are influencing you the most, be very careful about who those five people are because you will become like them. And know who are the people that you're influencing because you are God's means of spreading his love and gospel to other people. So we need to be surrounded by other people. I'm talking about our closest friends. So, we need to know why we're walking this journey together. We need, to, we need to choose wisely who we're walking this path with. Because if your friend wants to go down the path with the thorn bushes, no good, right? You want to stay on the right path. So we, we know why we need to choose wisely who we're walking with. But if you want a good friend, we also need to be a good friend. So whether you're the relationship avoider or whether you are the person that collects just anybody and everybody, um, the fact is, is that we are doing this life together. It's a together thing. It's unavoidable. You cannot spend this life without bumping into another breathing human being. And so how? How do we walk well on the way with others? How do we walk well with others? So Proverbs gives us a few final words here on what does it mean to walk well, how to love well those around you. I could, I could have on my 24-hour road trip with my brother continue to be the antagonist that was like, stop touching me, and then like poking them back and not sharing any of my snacks. I could, but that would have been a miserable 24 hours, right? So I had to learn how to love those around me, and that same is true for us. We're going on this journey together. Especially, guys, I've said this before, but if you're a Christian, the people in your life who are also Christians are stuck with you forever. Literally forever. So you might as well learn how to get along, right? How to love each other well. And so Proverbs gives us three Essential ingredients, dang, to love others well. Throwing things is not unusual for me. All right, number one. Uh, Proverbs 10 and 17 says this. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter 
separates close friends. What is Proverbs talking about here? It's talking about forgiveness. Proverbs is talking about forgiveness. To cover an offense is to literally hide the matter. To literally, like, hide it in such a way that you can't see it and the other person can't see it either. Have you ever, um, I was looking at old pictures of my house, like, before we painted the walls, and I didn't, like, recognize my own house. Did you ever have that experience? Like, you've painted a wall, and you've lived there for so long, and you look at old pictures, and you're like, whoa, I forgot our wall was purple, or I forgot it was, our house was white, so it wasn't that exciting. Um, and this, is, this is that kind of covering the offense. It's like you've painted the wall so thoroughly that, like, after a bit, you forget what was even on that wall. You forget what even color that wall was. It's covering an offense. It's a forgiveness. It's a forgiveness that's so complete that it's not repeated. It's not brought back up. So, real quick, this is not pretending like the event never happened. Like, you offended someone or someone offended you. Uh, it's not about, like, oh, I just... I have to get over it. Like, they may be mad, but I have to get over it. It's not pretending like that never happened. It's, this, I mean, part of community is confession and repentance, right? When you injure a brother or sister, you're like, man, I'm sorry. It's about this covering offenses is about getting the issue out, bringing it to a close, and then covering it up and having it be so forgiven that it's not brought back up again. And it's interesting that this forgiveness is called love. Love covers offenses. Covering offenses seeks love. And actually to do the opposite is to hate. To continue to repeat a matter. And some of us, like we forgive, we tell the person we forgive, but we keep repeating the matter to ourselves. Right? We continue, oh, I, just, I remember they did that. I don't know if I can trust them anymore because of that. I remember last time when that happened. Or maybe we begin to talk about that to other people and we're repeating the offense. Sometimes we repeat it to them. Well, it's like, well, you know, I would let you borrow that, but last time you did that, you totally broke it and I don't want you to borrow my stuff anymore. This is that repeating of the offense. I had someone tell me once that, like, forgiveness is coming to a place where that person no longer owes you anything where you're no longer like, that person needs to pay me back. They owe me for this. But to cover an offense is to say, I no longer ask for a payment. You don't owe me anything. I forgive you. And honestly, friends, the only thing that will keep relationships going is forgiveness. Because we're going to injure each other. You're a broken person, I'm a broken person, Hello, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> and then we spend the rest of our lives together. We're going to offend. We're going to hurt. We're going to sin against each other. The only way this is going to work is if we choose to forgive. So the first central ingredient to loving others well is forgiveness. And here's the second one. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. <laughs> a whisperer separates close friends. What is that? Gossip, right? Gossip. The opposite of gossip is being a person of integrity. It takes a moment for you to hear that somebody said something behind your back to separate close friends. 
It could be someone that you are friends with for forever, and you hear that she or he are talking trash about you behind your back, and you're like, trust broken, it's over. The three essential ingredients of loving others well begins with forgiveness, and it begins with the integrity of our words. How do you talk about people when they're not there? Even if it's small things, how do you talk about people when they're not there? I want to become known for bragging about people to other people. Like, did you hear about so-and-so? Like, they're super awesome. Do you know what they did? Like, and that's what, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to see citizens to be are people that speak good things, that brag about each other behind our backs, the good kind of gossip. So love is full of forgiveness. Love is full of integrity and good words. And lastly here, third ingredients of loving others well. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Our third essential ingredient to loving others well is patience. Some of you uh, responded on the citizen's story this evening. Um, uh, We said, shout out someone who's your friend and what you love about. Most people had said, Man, this person, because no matter what, they are there for me. No matter what, this person has been there for me. And that's what this is. This patience, this definition of patience is to endure with somebody, to strive with them, to persevere with them. It is a friendship that loves at all times. It's a friendship that loves even when things are not going well. This road, this life, this is a very long road, and you're at the beginning of it. If you die when you're like 70 or 80, like you got a long way to go, right? This road we are walking on, we are walking with other people, and there are so many ups and downs. There's going to be rocky roads. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. There's going to be seasons where you just can't get it together, right? I'm failing my teachers and I'm failing my classes and like I have a bad attitude and I yelled at my friend and I don't know why I yelled at them and, and just things can seem to be falling apart or things are happening at home or like things are out of control, like things are happening to your family or friends or sickness or any of these things and it's, it's hard and it's tense and there are times when it's good, when it's filled with a lot of joy and fun and laughter and celebrations and wins. And the true friend is there in both times, right? They weather the storms with you. They hold the umbrella when it's raining over your head or they hold the tissue when it's raining out of your eyes, right? They, these, this is what a friend is. They walk through in the hardest times when it's the darkest They try to have a flashlight. When all you can do is cry, they listen to you. Even when you have joys and you celebrate, they're on the front row, like, cheering you on. They're at your sports games and your concerts. These, this is the kind of friend that loves at all times. I mentioned uh, at the beginning of this uh, about college me, my non-friendly I will not smile at you or say hello or remember your name, me. Um, And I chose to not make friends during that time. Uh, But God had given me a very, very, very special gift during that season of friendlessness and sadness. 
and that gift were those two humans right there. <laughs> um, my best friends, Rachel and Amy, uh, when I think of that third element of the essential ingredients of love, that patience, these ladies had patience for me. Because as I described myself, I was as bad as it seemed. I wasn't friendly. I was bitter. I was angry. At the time, Amy lived with me, and I would come home, and sometimes I would yell at her, and sometimes I would yell about everything else. Um, And they just stuck with me. And they... Oh, man, all of my angry and bitter rants, they just listened to and were like, Courtney, you're wrong, but you want to come over for cookies? (laughs) Like, these are my friends. They had patience with me. And uh, to this day, I thank them. I look at their faces and I say, thank you for not abandoning me when I was the worst that I've been. Um, And this is the kind of friend that I want to be. This is the kind of friend that I hope you are and have an experience. And maybe you're in here and you're like wondering, you know, will I, like I would like a friend like that. I would like a real authentic friend like that. And Proverbs gives us one last verse um, that will give us the who there. Walk well with those who walk with wisdom. That's what my friends did for me. And then Proverbs 18, 24, it says, A man of many companions comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Some of you in here are like, man, I want that kind of friend. A friend that sticks closer than a sister. Like my, my friends, or maybe you're hearing some of these stories, and you're like, man, I just, I'm with the wrong kind of friends. I need to be with the right kind of friends. And... Uh, There is a specific friend, there's a specific who here that all of us have. Whatever your scale of friends to friendlessness, we all have a common friend, and this is what he says. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and those who follow him right before he was about to die. This is right before his crucifixion. He's talking to his friends for his last time, and this is what he says. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And you are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants don't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask in my Father's name, he may give it to you. These things I command to you so that you will love one another. Jesus is the friend that we need. As cheesy as that sounds, he is the friend that we need. Everyone in this world will at some point hurt you or harm you or let you down. It's true. Yes, we're called to love anyways, but Jesus is the one friend that is all of these things. He knew why community mattered. He knew why so well that he embodied flesh 
He became a human and he came among us. Like he was so dedicated to the why of being in community that he came to us. He didn't just leave us. He, he, he did what he calls us to do. And he chose his friends. And you could argue that Jesus did not choose wisely. Jesus didn't choose his friends wisely. Why? Because he chose liars and sinners and murderers. And all of his friends that he chose betrayed him or sold him out. They killed him. And yet he still chose to lay his life down for his friends. He still chose to love. He gave this great love. And do you know that when he says this, he's saying this to you. Jesus calls you friend. Jesus calls you friend. He chose you. He's choosing. And he's going to love. He loves well. He laid his life down for his friends. He's not ashamed to call you friends. And he calls us to join him on that same mission. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And these things I command, that you love one another. Because Jesus loved us and called us friend and show us what love looks like, the sacrificial laying your life down. Because he called us friends and showed us what friendship looks like. We can be friends following his example. Right, all the ways that we break relationship, all the ways that we sin against one another, he paid the price for the broken relationships and we can follow him and how he loved others. We can follow him in his forgiveness. Forgiveness is not innate to us. If it was my choice, I would not forgive because you owe me, right? But Jesus forgave the people who killed him he forgives us, and we can follow him in that forgiveness. So Jesus shows this example of knowing why we are in community, because it's necessary. God created it that way. He chose his friends and calls us to choose our friends wisely, and he lived the example of loving well. And so we walk well with those who walk with wisdom. Jesus, who ultimately walked with wisdom, we walk with him. We follow his example. And because of Jesus, we can walk well with others. We can forgive. We can be tirelessly patient. And we can love those who are walking next to us. Guys, we're on a journey together. We're on a long road. Sometimes I like to look back in my photo albums and see like all of you when you're in sixth grade. Some of you are currently in sixth grade. And I think, man, I'm so glad we get to walk this journey together, that we're on this long road together. And so let us walk well with those who walk with wisdom. As we close tonight, uh, I want to address those three groups again. Um, the band can come up and, and think about where are you in this category? Like, are you like me at the beginning where it's like, I don't really care about having friends. I don't need friends. I don't need you or anybody else. Maybe you're the one that's a little antisocial, a little not needing friends. Or maybe you're the one that are simply existing with other humans. 
like not really choosing intentionally like who you hang out with, um, but just existing with other people. Maybe tonight it's thinking about who are the people that you hang out with. And maybe there's some of you in here that are like, when you hear the story of God's friendship, when you hear the story of what a friend is like, you think, I want that. Like, God, could I just have a friend like that? Maybe tonight that, that's our prayer, is lean into Jesus, who is the greatest friend, the most whole and complete and best friend that you can have. And be like Jesus in your friendship with another. You may be surprised, much like I was, that God may give you a friend like this too. But we lean ultimately on Jesus, who is our friend, and we follow him as an example to love others in that way. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room, Lord. What a strange or silly thing, God, that you would put anything about friendship in the Bible. It seems so small or so trivial. God, but you know that this life is about relationships. That we seek meaningful connections with those around us. And when it's not there, everything seems to be different. So God, we thank you that you you teach us these things. I pray for those of us in here who need to be convinced of that, that you want us to be in community and that we need community. We need people who will weather the storms with us. God, I pray for those, God, that you would widen their hearts. God, that you would open their hearts to follow you in this command to love one another. God, I pray for those in here who are looking at their list of five things they want to be and the five people they hang out with and it doesn't match. (laughs) And they're wondering, what do they do next? God, I pray that you would give them the courage to choose wisely who they give their time to. God, I pray that for those that you are calling to maybe lessen a relationship with or to cut off a relationship with, God, I pray that you would give them the courage to do that. And God, I pray that you would help them to seek out And God, that you would give them people who are going the same way with them, who have the same values and goals and desires. God, I pray that you would bring along teammates that will run this way with them. And God, I pray for every heart in here who is desiring this kind of friendship but maybe lacking it right now, that they can't honestly say that they have a friend like this. God, I pray that you, that your words would speak to their heart when you say, you are my friend, and I choose you. God, I thank you. God, that you choose us as friends, and I may that relationship, may that friendship fill our hearts so full, God, that we could be that kind of friend for someone else. 
God, would you help us in this high calling to love well. God, to forgive when we don't want to. To be patient when that person is the worst. God, would you help us to love those around us well. Help us to follow you in this command to love others. God, I thank you that you loved us so wholly and completely and fully in Jesus who gave his life for his friends, who gave his life for us. God, help us to walk well. Help us to walk with you. Help us to walk wisely, Lord. Thank you, God, that you care about these things. Thank you, Lord, for the friendships and relationships we do have. May we never take them for granted. And God, thank you for your friendship with us. May we live like you this week.